Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, guys. Welcome to a new episode of the Partido Partido podcast. So on today's episode, we'll be talking about Alexis to win victory over Celta de Vigo. Joining on today's episode is Luke. Luke, how are you doing? They're fine. Uh, better than Celta. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Well, I'm sure all coaches are doing better than Celta at the moment. So diving straight into the game, it's now back-to-back game for Aleti in La Liga, in which they have kept a clean sheet, and in both games, Aleti has scored five goals. That says a lot about how Aleti are performing at the moment, because they have gradually gone, gone from a chaotic team to a more organized team. So, look, please, can you give a rundown of the game against Celta? It was quite... The match is quite defensively uh, secure from Aleti. We felt really... Like we've patched things up with our problems. Um, we, we've seen Zhao uh, pick up the pace many times uh, these past few matches, and especially this match. I think he had a good match despite now the score. Um, but I think the, the main headline is Laddie. He's, you know, there's two goals and being in that. Position which I talked about in the past uh, podcast, which uh, I like them to see. Um, we have another outstanding performance which can talk about if we got injured, so hopefully it was just a small knock. But overall, this is the Aleti that we miss so much. This is the Aleti that 
great matches and gets them titles. Well, you just talked about Renan Lutzi scored a brace his first in his career and that gave Aleti a win. And he talked about earlier in the game, Aleti kind of put pressure on Celta and they were kind of a better team and Celta moving to the game, but Aleti were steady thanks to Kondumbia. Looking at how Aleti has been playing this season, it's been really a surprise given I low put on Twitter, Aleti has gone from a binary from a binary team to a team that's called that plays three three draws, four three wins, and the rest. But in the previous two games, Aleti kept a clean sheet, which is very important. In today's game, we really saw the importance of Colombia, not just of the ball, like him bossing the midfield as he did against United, because he was superb. He's like the king of second balls, always anticipating where the, the ball is going to land after a header and wins back the ball, did the ball for the team. He kind of recovered, he recovered it, he recovered two eight balls this game and it was great. And his the, the both goals, which both goals were similar because Colombia kind of played a switch to Lodi in behind Mayo and Lodi kind of went to his right and then back to his left and he scored and Lodi said in a pre in a post match interview just some minutes ago that the coach has been telling them to always shoot low and he did that and he scored and the second was really a golazo. He took the ball on the half volley and in between the goalkeeper's legs and that was great. So look, what's your take on Lodi's and Colombia's performance against? Even the best players, Paulati and Ladic and Kadabi, they were. Absolutely sensational. Um, obviously, he had Lodi, but still rolled and playing well in that role that it's not really saying something because you're empty. Well, see how things go, but um, yeah, it could not be. Such an anchor and I'm not looking for all the speciality jargon of trade matches and all the the positions and all that. But yeah, Kandagi is really still that role that we brought him in for. Well, lots of praise for Colombia because his performances recently has performances recently have been really great, and he's just busting the midfield. So now let's talk about Lodi's new role. Basically, he's playing the same role Carrasco has in the team when the team plays three at the back, but with but given he's more of a runner than a ball to fit player as compared to Carrasco, that's paying off as we saw on both of on both goals when he used to play in the back four. He makes runs in behind and a pass over the top. The diagonal is played to him and he then plays a cutback for the striker. I think Suarez's Suarez equalizer against Celta Vigo last season was a similar situation. If Colombia played the ball over the top and Lodi was to pick out Lodi, who then play a cutback for Suarez to equalize for Aleti, and that was the same thing. So him playing that role kind of limits his defensive, his defensive responsibilities. Which is great for him, given he's very good going forward. And like we talked last time, 
is crosses are improving which is great because that was an area of his game since he came to Aleti that has really been lacking and with him playing in a more offensive role playing like in a hybrid right wing back right midfield role which has been paying off so this there have been talk, have talks about Lodi maybe Aleti letting go of him in the summer when Renildo came but Renildo seems to be taking up Hermoso's position which is playing as the left centre back so do you think this new role might change things for him? And I have seen some tweets about the fact that we may see a kind of Laurenti resurrection in Lodi. So do you think that's possible? Yeah, well, you brought a player, like, you brought a lot of you think. Yeah, left back. Thompson uh, left back. Then Thompson, you know, he's probably better playing up Antro. Uh, These things happen. And it's, uh, obviously, Laurenti is a complete shock to the system. Um, we had this, we, we were supposed to be buying this defensive midfield, and now it's just this. Probably at best, is a left wing, even a second striker, where you could. It's just that's how the, the funny world of football works, but um, I think that, uh, as well as I was saying before, the United match, the Bruno, seeing him. Said, you know, he played well there, so he is definitely better at that role than he is at left back. And with Benildo coming in, who is the uh, past few matches, he can make up a conclusion that he is better defensively than Lodi. But I've always rated Lodi's attacking uh, style to his. Okay. And it's kind of funny because when we recorded the, the podcast about the transfer window, we were talking about the fact that Renato's signing is going to free Carrasco to cost more havoc, but that seems, it seems Cholo, Cholo as other ideas. And Renato's signing is kind of freeing up Luzi, and Luzi is causing havoc, not just for the fact that he's as skilled with the ball as Carrasco, but that's not for that one. But for the fact that his runs in and the timing of those runs and deliveries and now he's making better decisions in the final third, which is something that he has also improved. And that's why I think we are now talking about him. Because the loads we know when he's in good positions, he always most of the times his decision making was questionable and that results in him maybe overheating a cross or underheating a cross. So that's great improvement for him. I think another player we should talk about was is Hector Herrera. Because if you watch the game keenly, especially in the second half, you kind of see how he complements Colombia. Colombia is not the best with the ball. Not that he's bad, but he's not really the best with the ball because it takes a lot of time to take take a touch and then when he has space here, yeah, he does it. But Herrera is kind of doing very good because he's tight, he's in, he does well in close areas. He's also calm under pressure and he has started three games in a row, which is basically the first time since joining Aleti, if I'm not mistaken. So, do you think going forward, Herrera should continue as a starter? Because we have been talking about the fact that anyone who plays where deserves to start and because there have been many players. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Herrera. I've always been a defender of my niece wasn't necessarily as best. 
this season he has been really good. I think he's gone under the radar with his um, long balls. This is the area that we meant to buy in that transfer window. This is the area that we wanted. Uh, this season, with the partnership with him, Dogby, um, you know, Kondogby does his work and then Herrera sort of does his work and together that makes the, the midfield so much uh, complete, which I think that it had been lacking a tiny bit. Now, just the question is, how do you fit Rodrigo to Paul into that? He's been on the, he's getting sort of less minutes because of poor performances. Is there a chance that we could squeeze both three in? That's what I'm wondering. Well, that would be tough because it seems at the moment Herrera and Condombia who was stopped in the game because he was injured. No update from Alexi about his injury. Hopefully it's not something very serious. It seems he might be, it might be a minor injury. As for Rodrigo De Paul, where we all know his qualities and how good he is with the ball and without the ball because he's really a runner. But he's kind of fall down the pecking order and he's kind of he's behind even at the radar at the moment. So you have to make use of the little game time he has to maybe win back to lose trust or maybe depending on the position he comes in in games in which maybe a little may have a lot of possession. So look you can, you can recall the episode we recorded about a little the transfer window we mostly talked about the fact that a little needed expensive midfielder and we also emphasize on the fact that a little need to be to press high a little bit higher of the pitch and those are the two things Cholo has maybe changed in this Aleti side given the holding the defensive midfielder holding midfielder in Colombia and now the team is pressing higher up if you read and there was an article this week from into the car they run about the fact that the 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 way Aleti play now, the plan, the, the foundations were kind of laid against Levante. Aleti played in a similar way with similar ideas. And due to the fact that the press was not cohesive, Levante were able to find spaces between the fine players between the lines and that caused a lot of trouble for Aleti. But recently, Aleti have been compact. You see Korea and Felix as the front two press. They try to make sure that they block the central progression to the defensive midfielder or the midfielder and trying to force the opposition out wide where that is where an Aleti press. But Aleti's press is kind of, I will not say one-sided, but most of it against Celta, Celta's left-hand side was their strongest side, same with United, in which Dushaw is the one who progresses the ball higher of the pitch with his carries and same for, for Celta with Javi Galant. But on that side, we have Vashaliko and Emmanuel Lorente, who are very athletic and good at pressing. So, so far, so good. Those two things Cholo have changed are working. And on the last time we had FD and we were talking about the fact that should Cholo move forward against this and FD was like, you no, know, depending on the opposition, Aleti should not maybe play like this. So, think, going forward, do you think Cholo continue with this press, forcing opposition out wide and 
use the touchline as our tip man, we try to press and cover them and force them to recover the ball. Or maybe against the side of Getafe, we go for maybe a different approach, or maybe against teams that play better from behind, like every mention, we go with something else. And I think that needs a, a round for complacency. Uh, I did say a tweet there before, I think even before United match, I was including. The, the match was included in the stat that Simeone has changed uh, 33 formations out 35 matches this season, which is kind of insane uh, to think about. There's absolutely no consistency in that whatsoever. And yeah, we can uh, factor in the injuries that um, resulted and obviously COVID, but still, that's a high enough number that... Uh, it's not really something you'd expect from Simeone, who's usually good with making up his mind. Oh, um, hopefully, like I'm making one thing now, especially because you rent a fitness, and then we have Nadine Cresco. We don't know what's happening there. We definitely have fina- uh, defensive stability. We can definitely play those wings and those past three matches, we can see we can definitely attack through those wings. So I think we we should play like that. Well, hopefully we play like that because that's what we are trying for. We can all remember we talked about the, the, the game a little one six zero against Rayo Matanda. My pronunciation is getting better. And we talk about uh, emphasize on the fact that Aliki scored four goals in that game due to the fact that they were able to press high and win the ball. And Colombia acted as a, as a, as a, as, a, as the anchor of the defense, which was able to show things. He recovered the ball and make the team press a little bit higher using his athleticism and his physicality. It was not easy for for Ryu to launch counter attacks, and that is what we have been seeing recently. But even though not the same, but with Similar ideas. So, no, um, going forward, as we already talked about, we said Cholo should maybe continue with that because I have no objection with him continuing that, but that highly depends on Condombia, in my opinion. Because talking about the negative of this game, there were two of them which I had which worried me a lot. One of them was the fact that Bashaliko drifts inwards a lot and that kind of allowed Galan a lot of space. and. Thanks, thanks to thanks to Aliti, we had Lorente who, who, who saw that and was able to cover up for him. But Lorente doing that kind of take away Aliti straight on the counter because it leaves the midfield a little bit exposed and Dwarf Uriah dropping back into midfield and Aliti has just Felix up top. And the other was the fact that when Colombia left the field, I think if you notice the last 20 minutes of that game because Colombia was sub off, off at the 16 minute. Aliti were kind of struggling. Celta had more control. They won the second balls, which that was something Colombia was doing. And they caused Aliti a lot of trouble with their give and go. It was like they are the Aliti we saw against Getafe. They were chaotic. So, do you think Aliti can implement a cohesive press without Colombia? Not too sure. Um, play in this place. Obviously it was that the reason why can that be started against the United was because Cole Gibbs injured. And I don't know if we would have seen a completely different 
that. That way, you can see that can now be he can soak up that pressure that is given on us. Oh, um, I think that in a way we could play that certain way, but however, the midfield would have to slightly adjust. I don't think um, anyone could replace Kandogbia in that formation that we're playing. Well, I agree with you on that, but I just saw Andrew Garderon just now. He's talking about the fact that Tulo has played using Maria as a defensive midfielder for so Tulo should try that again. Well, I for one, I'm not a fan of that move, given Josema has kind, he's kind of attracted to the ball and it's, it's, it will be easy for opposition team to draw him out of position and you find him always trying to recover and then you see him committing lots of foul. So, Aleti play Betis next. Aleti are a point behind the Betis and they have played an extra game. Betis plays Sevilla in El Gran Derby, possibly the best derby in La Liga. So, for that game, who are the players or who do you think Jolo starts in midfield? Because Aleti winning the midfield has been a reason why they won against Celta today and they had a very good performance and almost came out with a win against United on Wednesday. And all that was thanks to Colombia. Because I just... It's just out now. Colombia is has a muscular discomfort, but it's not clear for how long it's going to be out. So let's consider the fact that Colombia may not be playing against Betis and also Savage. How do you think Tulu is going to line up? Especially, um, I think definitely um, Herrera should start. There's no reason not to start. Um, okay. He's still probably still injured. Uh, nah, as fit. Um, so I would say Herrera maybe Paul, and then with obviously Llorente and I'll give Carrasco a return because I think against Betis he might be more efficient than Luddy. So I think yeah, on them I have to think about it. Oh, thank God I'm not Diego Zimioni because I wouldn't. It, it, that would wreck my head. I I don't know how exactly. don't know how that man uh, sleeps at night. I, I exactly, especially given Aliti have so many secondary strikers that he has to select just maybe two three to start. So so I don't know. I would go with Carrasco, Lamar, Herrera, and. You're right, they maybe that's a completely horrendous choice, but uh, if you can answer, <laughs> luckily you are not Diego Simeon because <laughs> it seems impossible for you to select a starting 11 again. <laughs> yeah, that's a quite attacking, that's a quite attacking midfield there. Maybe, in, maybe instead of Lamar, I'll put the Powell, but yeah, Carrasco. The Powell Herrera in your end date. Maybe that's a bit stable. Well, for those who are not quite sure, as Lucas as what Julie is going to take, choose for starting a level against BTS, I too am not sure. Like he said, thank God we are not choosing only because choosing a starting 11 is always tough. And also, 
regarding how Aleti has been playing recently, and we already talked about that, but I just want to emphasize Aleti's recent good performance is down to a couple of things. The first is due to the fact that the team are pressing as a unit, they are more cohesive, they are compact while pressing them. Is no, no more spaces between the lines, and they try to slow down the opposition should the opposition bypass their first phase of press, which is the two attackers, which in the past two games have been Felix and Korea. And they try to force the opposition to use the wide areas rather than progressing centrally, as we have seen teams say Haliti apart all season. And if you progress centrally, technically you take a longer road to goal. And when Haliti forces it centrally now, they then use the touch line to maybe force the team to play backward pass or recover the ball or run them to pass the ball where you have Colombia recovering the ball. That's why we talk about Colombia being so important. And the other thing has been that we have had Jimenez and Savic who are back from injury and both have played quite well. So against Betis, my, I will opt for a three at the back. And I'm saying so because I'm hoping Koke will be fit. To be honest, I really miss the ball playing ability of Yomoso because we knew you despite the fact he's defensively solid. To be honest, he kind of get me on my nerves at times. I say so because you'll see there are passes in between the lines, but he's not really the best ball playing player. So he turns and he gives to Black and Black has to go long and that's a 50-50. And the faster the ball goes, so the faster the ball comes. But I will still start him and I service is out for the game. So I'll go Felipe and then Limines. That means Felipe plays centrally. I say so because last season when Felipe played as maybe the left or the right center back, he was really, really horrible. And as the wing backs, I go with Vashaliko and I go with Carrasco. And in midfield, if Koke is back, I think I play him as the anchor. And I play Rodrigo De Paul and Lorente as the interiors, given they are energetic and both of them can run higher up the pitch, up and down the pitch. And for my two center forwards, Given Betis is going to have so much of the ball, I don't go for Suarez. And without Kunia, that leaves just Griezmann, Felix, and Korea. So I think I will choose one of those guys. And Griezmann looks sharp because he has really been good in front of the ball, not in terms of finishing, but in terms of creating opportunities or shooting opportunities for himself. So that's the formation I think I go with the 3-5-2, but with a change of personnel and a change of goal. If Koke is not back then, we go for a 4-4-2. In which basically we have a back four, Savish, and maybe a Mosso, Felipe, and we have Renewed as the left back, and Carrasco plays as left midfielder. I have a midfield duo of Herrera and Paul, which is risky, and I have Lima playing as a right midfielder, and I have a front two of this man and one of Korea or Felix, also one either Korea or Felix. So that's how I will line up against Betis. I say so because Betis have the key canales when they receive centrally, it's really dangerous for opposition teams. And hopefully, Alexia are able to repeat what they have done. And Betis don't have the best ball playing center back, even though they are, I would admit they have been the best team to watch the most entertaining team. Because we watch and they play with football and we watch canales controlling games and just. And you have Fikeo as been one of the best players in the league season. So look, 
after struggling to be your level, what's your take on our opponent for next week? That's because I did see a point behind them and giving the play the super the El Grand Derby tomorrow, the chances of the winning are not slim, but they are not so great. So, what's your take on on Betis? Well, I'm for the the game. Yeah, and both. These are good. They they do deserve the position on the table. Um, the likes of um, Ayato Rubial and Avanmi. Uh, and Canales and Becker uh, and Cavallo, um, they are very, they, their game changes for Betis. Um, but I don't think they have the greatest of defence. Um, Mark Archer, as much as I did rate him on his fourth season, he was decent back for Betis. He's very mistake prop. Uh, Rubis Silva was a great um, keeper for Granada last year, but um, I think that's a that's a Luis Suarez match. I think that Luis Suarez that would be perfect match for him for that uh, defense. And you have both Hector Bellerin and Alex Moreno, uh, two fullbacks I like to get forward. So that'd be a great. Um, Wait to play for a counter-attack. Yeah, I think we will not be surprised if Aleti go for a counter-attack against Betis. Earlier on in the season, Aleti defeated Real Betis by three goals to zero, and Aleti achieved that victory by limiting the amount of touches Fekir and Canales had, sorry, Fekir had centrally in that game. So if Aleti can repeat something similar, that would be great because you have someone like Fekir receiving the ball by an analytics if he is very dangerous, which is something that has happened all season by the two previous games. So the key for that game, like you said, will be a counter-attack, but in order to counter, we'll have to really defend very well. That is, someone like Canales, force them to take the ball deeper, force them to come and take the ball deeper. I remember Betis' opening game of the season and against Mallorca, you had Fekir dropping so deep to collect the ball, and by the time it's about to arrive close to Mallorca's goal, you are either Baba has, is, has, taken, has recovered the ball or he's fouled far away from the goal. So I need to do something similar. My work against them, I talk about Betis, Betis fullbacks who are very offensive. Alex Moreno, I think he is a similar case to, to Lodi in the fact that he's one of the best fullbacks when it comes to attacking space. really making runs from outside in and you have canales who fit here for picking him out so we can maybe exploit the spaces behind them and that's not all you will talk about juanmi juanmi has been really on fire this season statistically he's having one of his best in fact his best scoring season his best goal scoring season he's already on 12 goals that's his the highest goals he has ever scored in a single season in la liga so, and given how Aliti has not really been good in communicating, in the game against Celta today, when Colombia was not on the pitch, like the last 20 minutes, Aliti were kind of struggling. You kind of see a lot of miscommunication 
Carrasco and Lima going for the same ball, even in the box, you have Savish and Herrera can't collide in. So those things hopefully they don't happen against Betis because you are is like what we call fox in the box, Chicharito kind of striker, in which a single mistake and he's there to punish you. And given the form he is in this season, Aleti should be wary. So look, I'm going to put you in a position I think you don't like to be in. What's your score position for Aleti against Betis? Oh, I don't know. Oh, that can be. I think. Uh, Three ten to Reggie. I think it'll be. It probably be Ali Scar match. Wow. Well, I'm very good at predicting, so I keep my prediction for myself. <laughs> well, so. Before we go, I think it's good to mention the fact that the fans have been behind the team all throughout the atmosphere against Real Madrid. I'm sorry, against Man United was really outstanding. The atmosphere today against Celta was outstanding and the travelling support has been great. So, don't you think a little playing away from home without the fans to, who have been giving them that extra boost, making them play at a higher rate, at a higher tempo, more intensity? Do you think that it might affect them when they play against Betis? Yeah, and you're going to uh, you're going to Real Betis. You're, you're you're going to the Benito Villamarín, which has an equal impact for their team. You'd say the the fans that won the Metropolitano will give that those players a boost, but. Real Betis fans and Benito Villamarín will give those Real Betis fans a boost. Like our fans, they, they're a great fan base, a fantastic atmosphere, that team. So I think that might have an impact on how Betis will perform regardless. It's just how Atleti will respond to it. That's, that's the question. Exactly. Because Aleti haven't played, and Aleti have played just since Cholo switched teams and Aleti started performing very well. Aleti have not played away from home. And talking about home records, Betis have the second best home record just behind Real Madrid, and they have not lost a single game at the Benito Villa Marin this season. So it's going to be a tough away trip for Aleti, and a win against Betis will be really, really welcome because. That takes a little closer to Betis, depending on the result. Because should Betis loss against Sevilla in the El Grand Derby, that means even for a little takes a little above Betis on the league stands, but the defeat might really be bad for a little. So thank you guys for joining us on this episode of the Park Podcast. Luke, it's always a pleasure having you on the episode. Absolute pleasure talking to you, man. So guys, remember, nunca de has the never stop the video.